cross the streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Cross the Streams Podcast, Tracklist Guide, uh, Season 2, Episode 4, phenomenal interview, maybe one of our better ones we've ever had with David Gunn, Orange Theory Fitness Club owner, uh, been a, spent a long time in the fitness, health and fitness industry, bouncing between Bally's, Lifetime Fitness, also did a stint with Apple, so much insight, not just in business, but in leadership, uh, people management, just a great interview with David, person that Kane and I have known way back when to our times in Billings, Montana. Montana. Uh, Kate and I follow up David's interview with a deep dive into our thoughts on what he had to say. And then we'll hit you today with places you have to experience. And this is not a vacation guide. This is day-to-day processes, things that you probably overlooked that we think you need to be sure you experience at least once in your life. Track Guide, Season 2, Episode 4, Cross the Streams Podcast. Cross the Streams Podcast, Kip here doing the interview this week for Season th- 2, Episode 3. High school, way back, Billings, Montana, brother from another mother, David Gunn, all the way out in Atlanta, Georgia. How are you, David? Man, I'm fantastic, man. And, I, you know, like you said in the text when I asked you to come on today, you finally made it now that you're on Kane and I's podcast. That's really all you needed to validate existence. Oh man, so David and I, I think the first time we actually crossed paths was on the basketball court in like a Billings Rec, Parks and Rec game. And he's going to tell the story that he gave it, yeah, he gave it, he gave me the business, but I was, you know, I wasn't quite taking him serious at the time because he looked like a miniature Steve Urkel, so that's really the only reason he he crushed me that day. But obviously, been very good friends ever since, um, and wanted to bring him on because he's got a unique perspective, having been a very successful high-level college football player, um, all the way into now being a business owner himself. Uh, so like Kane and I have always said on the on the podcast, we want to bring in guys and not just talk sports, but talk about that application to life and all the different cross-the-streams moments that I know he's gone through. So David, start us off, Northern Iowa, All-American, quarterback, go from there, you know, as quickly, not quickly, but in your kind of time frame to where you are today in your business career. Yeah, so like you said, uh been a couple years at, at Northern Iowa and had a very successful college career. And, you know, I think like any uh, Division One athlete or any, any collegiate athlete had those aspirations of going to the next level and playing professionally. Um, you know, however, my, uh, my God-given size, just, uh, <laughs> that, that, that wasn't working out so well in terms of an NFL career. So uh, I had a I had tryouts. I actually got signed to uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders up in Canada and went through preseason with them and uh, got cut in the final cuts and then transitioned to arena football, got signed with the Chicago Rush and uh, went through that and got cut. Then wanted to get, uh, was looking to get back up in Canada and PC Lions wanted to sign me, but I kind of saw where that was heading, right? That mm-hmm. The Mary, yeah, the roller coaster. career was going to be bouncing around from league to league, from uh, city and country to country. So, you know, I decided to hang it up the spikes when I still had a lot left in me. But I wanted to get started on my professional career and, and get my business marketing degree to use, right? Yeah. And 
want to be that 32, 33-year-old uh, retired football player <laughs> that's now going to try to start a career. Yeah. And be behind the eight ball. And you so, started, you jumped in in Minneapolis. Is that where you started working? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my, my girlfriend, who now is my wife, but at the time she was a gopher. Uh, so she was in grad school there. So I moved in with her, man, and I had no plan. I had no money <laughs> in my pocket. I had a couple bags. And I was living, we were living in a Section 8 apartment, paying $20 a month rent. And, I mean, it was ridiculous, but... You know, it's what we had to do. I didn't have a job. I couldn't find a job for about five, six months, and I had no idea what I wanted to do with myself. So I was at the gym one day just working out at Valley Total Fitness and saw Help Wanted, and I was like, hell, I need I, I need some help. <laughs> I, I got I got the help. So, And that's how I got hired. I got hired there on memberships, and, you know, after about my first two paychecks, I looked, and I'm like, damn, like, you can actually make money selling memberships. And I was pretty good at it. And, uh, you know, after about six, six months, these fools decided to give me my own club. <laughs> and I remember visiting you guys out there. I saw, I, I stayed in the apartment. You guys let me take up what little sp- floor space you had. And I saw that little <laughs> office where you first started selling. In backstory, you got a picture, David and I, in the height of our college athletic careers, taking a summer to go back to Billings where we grew up and work for his dad selling Chevys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I think, and I know for a fact you were a lot better at selling then than I was. I know we had a great time. I might have moved three Suburbans maximum. But did you, did yeah, that experience? That was the close. Uh, so did you think about, I mean, I know your dad's very successful in the car industry. Did you have that inkling about sales, or is it just like you mentioned, like, man, I needed a check, and I got into this? You know, I, I, I never really considered myself a salesperson. Like, by, by nature, I'm, a, I'm more of an introvert mm-hmm. uh, by nature. Uh, and I like to, I mean, I like to stick to myself. I don't really like to talk to a lot of people, except, you know, people that I'm close to. Yeah. I get to know them. So I never really considered myself in, in being good at sales, but it came easy to me, though. Right, mm-hmm. the ability to talk and understand people and and listen to their needs, you know, and uh, so that that really came easy to me. And especially when I got into an industry such as fitness, right, which is something I'm extremely passionate about, been around my whole life. Um, so that came was a very natural, easy transition to be able to talk to that and actually sell that. Because mm-hmm. to me, it was just natural and easy. You know, and sales is all about just your the transference of your energy and your enthusiasm and this, about something into to someone else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was very easy. So you go, you, you they give you your own club in Minneapolis. What does yeah, that mean? Yeah. For people that don't know the health industry, what, what does that mean? Employees now, like setting the workout skill, what, what does that mean? Right, so that means there was, uh, I think, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, there was seven or eight different Valley Total Fitnesses. So when I said they gave me my own one, they, I got promoted to a general manager after six months, meaning I was responsible for that whole, and it was our largest location, right? It was yeah. our, our, our biggest revenue location. So I was responsible for every employee and every member, everything that went on in that building, the entire P&Ls, every dollar and cent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm 22, Yeah. and, you know, I'm responsible for a multi-million dollar facility with, you know, upwards. At this time, I think I had 
at that location, maybe maybe a hundred employees. Oof. You know, and I'm 22 years right. old, and you know things are like great, man. I went and I hired two of my really good friends, <laughs> my sales manager and my assistant sales manager, and you know things were, were rocking and rolling, man. And we were just killing it. Yeah. So I was there for about you know four years and was just extremely successful. I got me and my my girlfriend, my wife now out up out of section eight. <laughs> Man, I got a new car. You know, we was balling out of control. Yeah. Like, it was great. We were taking trips, you know, and then uh, Lifetime came calling. And Lifetime Fitness, you know, which is a large and healthy yeah. fitness organization there in the Twin Cities. So they recruited me over, and I took a, a, a position as a general manager running one of their uh, their facilities. And, and they're just a bigger, bigger company, right? Okay. These clubs at Lifetime. They're 150,000 square feet. You have 250 employees. Oof. You know, they're about $50 million facilities. Is that recruiting process similar to like a mid-major coach stepping into a power five where they're saying bigger, you know, like you mentioned, the facilities are better, more people, more, um, more resources absolutely. and salary. Like they're selling you on that similar move. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're, getting, you're getting more money, more responsibility. You think about from a resume builder also. Right, the ability to talk about that I'm responsible uh, for 250 employees versus 100, or yeah. I'm responsible for a 50 million dollar facility versus a 10 million dollar facility. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. You know, it, it's a builder, right? It's, it's a career builder, man. And you know, I was that guy that was all in, that would open the club and be there until the club closed down, and just in it 24 hours a day. So, uh, you know, I took a position. Running a club with, with Lifetime, did great, and, and ran two different clubs there. And uh, the COO of the company called me one day and asked me to move to Austin, Texas. So, <laughs> you know, and at the time, me and my wife now, at that point, we bought a house. We'd been in our house maybe six, eight months. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she didn't want to move to Texas at the time because she was still doing her thing. But, you know, I picked up, I moved to Austin, Texas, and <laughs> and uh, I was down there. And, uh you know, I helped open the club there with Dallas. Uh, my my wife, who still was my girlfriend at the time, she had moved out to Atlanta for what was her dream job, working with the CDC. So now, you know, at this point, we've been living apart for a year and a half, right. two years. Um, and then I was able to, we were opening our new market for Lifetime in Atlanta. So I was able to secure opening a location out here. And that's how I got to Atlanta. I kind of Forced, forced that move to get me out here because I'd put in a lot of work for the company and moved right. me out now. It was their turn to reciprocate. And they did, and they moved me out here, and uh, that's how I got to Atlanta, and I've been here ever since. You know, and I worked with Lifetime and just had a great run with Lifetime. Uh, just uber successful, opened multiple clubs out here, um, doing really well. But then I kind of just got, I wanted more. I wanted mm -hmm. something else, something different. Right. So yeah. I'd only been working in the fitness industry, which I love, but I was always in the back of my mind. What else is out there? Yeah. I got a call from an Apple recruiter one day. And uh, so I went through a recruiting process with Apple, which I knew nothing about <laughs> at the time. I didn't even own an Apple product, not even an iPod. <laughs> so Apple comes in and these fools want me to run one of their stores. Right? <laughs> How did they get your name? You mentioned a recruiter. Was that a LinkedIn thing? Was that... Word of mouth was that a connection you made at a you know a guy working out at? How did you get that yeah. initial call? So my my brother uh, who was living in New York at the time and had been for a long time he 
He's in he's in HR and is in recruiting and yeah, uh, you know James. Yep. I mean, knows everybody in the world. Yep. Right? Whoever listens to this podcast, I'm sure knows who James Young is. Yeah. Um, so I had one day we were just having a conversation. I told him, you know, I was potentially interested in making a move, looking to do something different. So he had floated my resume out just to his recruiter friend. Okay. And um, an Apple recruiter that he just kind of, they didn't know each other just through their networking. Yeah. She had saw my resume and she was a member at a lifetime in Virginia. So she knew how the lifetime business structure worked and how the GM and their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time she called me and she said, you know, I just think this is such a different approach uh, a different type of uh, of resume uh, background than anything that we have right now in our system at Apple as far as our store leaders, store managers. Yeah. You know, I'd love to, for you to kind of pursue this because I think you can bring an interesting approach to it. So uh, I was all for it, man. It was something new. It was different. So then I went and I ran Apple stores for about three and a half years. That crossed the stream decision. You know, who'd you vet? I mean, I know we talked about it. I'm sure the wife had input. What was your factors? Because like you mentioned, you were kind of, not exhausted, but looking for change. But man, that's a jump. Like, that'd be like me, basketball, and I'm going to go coach tennis now. You know, like there's a... I I, I knew nothing else besides fitness, right? Yeah. So, you know, obviously my wife, that was... You know, but she kind of saw that I was I was burnt out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this was this provided you know an Apple Apple's background right. You know when they their resume of work life balance and at the time now I had two little kids that were very small, uh, infant and a toddler. So you know I wanted more time with them, but mm-hmm. it was it was really consulting with my wife, my dad. Mm-hmm. Any major decision I make, it's always. I like to bounce stuff off of my dad and yeah. get his support and get his input and thoughts. You know, obviously the years of experience that he has. And, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I bounced it off my brother James as well, and uh, and then I really I looked to other individuals that had left Lifetime and gone to do other things as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of saying, is the grass really greener on the other side? Right. Yeah. And kind of what their experiences has been. So those are all the kind of decisions, and it was about an eight to nine, almost ten months kind of recruiting process. I oh, wow. Without so you're working lifetime the whole time, but talking to them, and they're trying to convince you throughout that whole time. Yeah, you know, we're doing some negotiations in terms of salary. Uh-huh. Really, I was just still, I was on the fence, man. I was, I, I, I straddled that stream, man. I was, <laughs> I'm going to jump, jump across. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I always sit down anytime there's a major decision, and I, I do a pros, cons list, man. I make it very simple. All right, pros, and I list all of the pros under it, and then I make cons, and whatever one comes out more is, is uh, typically the right decision for me. That's awesome. That so you go there three years, Apple, everything you thought, div- not as good. Unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable experience. The things I learned at Apple, um, just from acceptance with people, patience. Yeah. Um, just a using your right side of your brain versus your left all the time, like, because it's more artsy, creative individuals that I was leading and working with on a daily basis versus me. Everybody that I in, that I had really associated with at that point was really kind of like me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. You know, they were all sports-minded. They were, like, they were all... Let's get the win. Kind of yeah. yeah. So this really opened up my world when I went to Apple, because if you've ever walked into the Apple store and interacted with uh, individuals that work there, 
I mean, their interest and their personality, it's all over the board. So it was a very, I mean, it was just a super cool experience. And the people were great. It was great for my family. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a health and fitness guy, man. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to come back to me. Yeah. And I missed that aspect of it. Um, and I missed just being in that environment of health and fitness and everything you do. Um, so I got an opportunity back to a club that I had already been running, previously running for a lifetime that five minutes from my house. Um, and it just was a great opportunity. It was new, um, area leadership, uh, for lifetime. So they put together a nice package and, you know, I came back to lifetime and, uh, it was great. Biggest, one or two things, like you mentioned, that all the learning you did at Apple, one or two things you took with you from there that you're still using in, your, in the health and fitness industry now. I think one of the things is just feedback, right? Okay. And this, I think, is huge in any industry here. And you, and you think about from a sports standpoint, right, when you deal with your teammates or you think about from, or even how you interact with coaches, right, mm-hmm. from a business world, is, you know, at Apple, they're big on uh, giving feedback and being able to accept feedback okay. and asking permission for feedback is one of the most important things. You think about where there's ever any conflict, yeah. whether, again, it's, it's in the sports industry or it's in the business industry, it all comes around back to lack of communication, miscommunication, or no communication, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of it is, is that, that, that miscommunication, right? It's not, you know, you hear the saying, it's not, what you said is how you said it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. And that comes with, with feedback. And really, at Apple, it, it's asking permission. Like, when you see somebody do something they shouldn't do or something wrong, it's asking them, hey, do you mind if I give you a piece of feedback? Mm. Right? Versus just going in with them. Right? Yeah. You ask them what happens, right? People's defenses go down immediately. Yeah. Like, sure. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you go ahead and tell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you do this or that. Right? I mean, Apple was so huge on that, but then they were even bigger on I mean, we spent a whole two days in training on just how to give and how to receive feedback. Wow. Yeah. And it's amazing. You think about Apple is uh, always um, designated as the top customer service industry. Right? Mm-hmm. Customer mm-hmm. service department. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and this is one of the reasons why. It's how they interact with each other as, as employees. But then when, if you ever have interacted with an Apple employee, man, how they talk to you, it's just amazing. It yeah. will blow you away. It's like Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. That's amazing you mentioned that because, like you said, I'm sure you can draw on some of that, and we should bring Janelle on to ask her. You're probably a little bit better in your relationships, too, in terms of the give and take. You know, all these things that we use in for my players or for your employees, you can cross the streams with it in your day-to-day with your kids, with your wife, with your family. Um, that, that, that's pretty impressive, a two-day thing on the correct way to do that. Yeah, it, it, it really is amazing. It, it does. It will. It, you can't help but bring it into your everyday Right. right. Everything you do and, and how you interact with people and just the patience you have and the more willingness you are to hear about and, and take criticism and feedback from others about yourself. Right. Yeah. So you um, go you go back to lifetime. You're still in Atlanta, five minutes from your house. How do you get from there to what you're doing now, which I want to make sure I give you time to tell everybody the exciting thing you're doing now. Right. So doing it lifetime, doing well, killing it, right? But always in the back of my mind, I've always kind of thought about it. And people always ask me, why don't you open your own gym? Why don't you start your own gym? Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's a lot of reasons, right? There's a lot that goes into opening your own gym, right? Mm-hmm. First, uh, if your area out there in Salem, Oregon is anything else, uh, anything like out here in Atlanta, there's 
there's a mom and pop gym on every street corner. Right. Yep. Yep. So there's there's a lot of saturation when yep. it comes to uh, health and fitness, right? And then there's the obviously the capital that you need to have when you're starting your own business. All these different things, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd always kind of entertained it and thought about it, um, but then I, I always kind of was thinking too at lifetime, like, man, I'm I'm doing really well here, and I'm all I'm doing is making someone else rich. <laughs> right. Yep. And, and that used to frustrate the hell out of me. And it <laughs> always did, right? Yeah. I used to always, this is what I always tell myself. Like, you know, I, I, there's a lot of times where you feel like, you know, I'm just as smart, if not smarter, than the person and the people I work for. And I'm making them a whole hell of a lot of money busting my ass every single day. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I decided to, uh, you know, kind of cross the stream and make that leap and, you know, start looking into franchising opportunities Yeah, with, with a fitness organization. So, you know, I did my homework, man. I, I, I researched it for a good, probably, uh, I don't know, almost a year, man, oh, man. 10 months. Yeah. You know, just, just looking at different uh, franchises, obviously, just being in the industry, I'm very familiar with a lot of them. Yeah. Worked out at a lot of them. You know, I was calling them, talking to individuals there, talking to people, uh, franchise owners at some of these different organizations. You know, and everything kind of came back to one franchise that I had worked out at and just the workout itself blew me away. And I'm a guy that works out mm-hmm. one day a week. And this workout, uh, it, it, it was just the best one-hour workout imaginable. It came back to Orange Theory Fitness and then their level of service. You know, as I looked into them deeper and spoke to people, it just blew me away. Mm-hmm. Also, me and my wife, we decided, you know what? We're going to go and put all our chips in, yeah. and we're going to uh, we're going to become franchise owners of Orange Theory Fitness. And when I say we put all our chips in, that's 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 theoretically uh, <laughs> uh, and it's real. Right? <laughs> all of our chips in because it's it, it, it's not cheap to start an Orange Theory right. Fitness, and, and uh, you know, so that's what we did, man. And I right now I'm about we just started the construction on my facility a week ago. Uh, we're looking at a late June, early July grand opening. We're in our pre-sale right now, and you know we're rocking it. And mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm super excited. Uh, you know, so I've been without a job as far as drawing a paycheck <laughs> myself now for <laughs> I don't know for probably two months now. Mm-hmm. That's a little interesting, right? Right. So in this, like you mentioned, I'm glad you, you kind of went into detail, too, about when you say research. Cause I think a lot of people, when they hear research, they're like, oh, I wait, I bet he went on the Internet. You know, and you obviously did the phone calls. You had the industry background. Did you guys plan when you said we're all in, you and Janelle came to the decision. Is that then spreadsheets and balancing out? How do we float our life until this until people walk in the door? Absolutely. And, and part of it, you know, when you go through the loan process to get the the, the, the loan for it, yeah, I mean they, they make you go through and do all that, right? I okay. Mean, they they turn your your finances upside down, and you know obviously we had to look at, and we're still looking at, you know how do we keep ourselves afloat until we actually start seeing uh, income come in? Yeah, this, yeah. You know, and my wife obviously she's still working, mm-hmm. but now you know basically we we moved from a uh, two income household that. You know, was doing relatively well and relatively comfortable to, you know, a one-income household mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of, a ton of expenses going out the door with, with no revenue coming in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to, you know, we had to do some extensive 
extensive deep diving uh, research, P&L, just looking at any and everything to make sure, first and foremost, that we're going to be able to handle this, but then also planning for worst-case scenario yeah. um, as well. What is, is there legal advice you have to get? Is there third-party people, experts that you got to bring in? When you're doing this, or is it just consultation, and then you're you're on you two are on your own? No, no, you know, and that's the great thing about Orange Theory as well. It's, it's just doing your research to make sure you get with a company that is going to supply you a lot of support and resources. Mm-hmm. And Orange Theory has been great about that piece to help us along this process because obviously it's brand new to us. But I also did, uh, you know, going through the bank process, which the the the, the operation of running a, a a fitness studio for me, it's it's like you know, the back of the hand. Yeah. Me. Like it's that, that part is, is easy. Once I get the doors open. Yeah. It's the, it's the process of going through the banks. Mm. That's been a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so I actually had a, a fitness consult, uh, uh, consultant I brought in, I hired. Um, so he's kind of navigated me through those, those waters because they're yeah. very muddy, man. And they're murky and it's, it's tough. If I didn't have him. Yeah. Oof. How did you find uh, him? Uh, through an Orange Theory connection. So okay. I have an area rep um, that, you know, owns multiple Orange Theories out here in Atlanta. So she's kind of my go-to person mm-hmm. for support resources. So she was able to supply me uh, this individual, this consultant, because she works with me. Okay, um, so okay. So he, he, he has helped me a ton. But then, you know, then as you're going through lease negotiations and all that, you know, I... I, you know, obviously had to get some legal advice, and I hired a lawyer to look at legal documentations and um, with the lease and all of that to ensure that, because, you know, it's just like when you're signing your house, they, yeah. they stick in front of you a yeah. uh, 200-page document, right? Uh-huh. It's, this is perfect timing, because last week, Kane and I talked about things they should teach you in school that they don't. Is this something, a mass, like a further schooling? You said business marketing, you got your degree. Is this just like a life experience you have to go through once to gain that knowledge? Yo, like this has been so eye-opening through this process, and I'm still going through it. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I can tell you just today the stuff I dealt with in the <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I I cussed the guy out at the bank <laughs> and hung up on him. And it, it's this, <laughs> but it's been an eye-opening experience. You know, as I look to eventually, my plan is to open up multiple locations. Right. Um. You know, I'll know what to expect now, and I'll know how to navigate this on my own. Mm-hmm. What to look for. Yeah. And so I don't have those pitfalls. But yeah, I think yeah, you absolutely have to go through it. You know. Um, through it once if you're if you're looking to be a business owner an entrepreneur um you know i don't think this is those that have done it i don't think my story is much different probably gotcha. from what theirs is well i want to make sure i give you time to just talk about orange theory in general and pub a little bit but go back in time if you could go back to 25 year old david 30 year old david what would you tell him career-wise on he's doing the right things he's learning the right things pay attention more to this what would you tell him? You know, I, I would, I would tell him. You know, what you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, from the second I started working full time at 21, 22 years old. Yeah. I told the fitness. I, I hired a uh, financial advisor and I started investing immediately. Mm. Um, a portion of my of my check. Yeah. Going into. Uh, so 
you know, I think that if that's one thing I could get there to get out to individuals, young folks right now is, you know, again, even if you're not making a lot of money, every little penny you start investing in right now, it just adds up. You know, and I'm trying to get that. My, my nephew, Malik. Yeah. Right. He's selling cars with my dad right now and he's killing it. He's doing great. And that's what I want to get across to him now is, you know, this is the time. Start. Yeah. Don't just be out there balling out <laughs> some of that money money away. But I, I tell my 25-year-old self, like, don't stop. Yeah. Once I had kids and, you know, some of those more expenses kind of came up, you know, I took a break from it. Like, mm. we just, we decided you can't do it. So I would say, don't stop at that. And, and also, when you have, you know, I had a strong passion probably in my early 30s. Mm-hmm. You know what? I knew I wanted to be a business owner. Yeah. I, I would have I told myself, act on it then. Mm. Right? Got you. Yeah. You know, I would have think right with, with where Orange Theory is at now and how it's exploded. Man, if I would have got in on this about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. The one thing you and I talk about a lot that, that that your management of people in my you know I've got players that I'm in charge of. You've got employees. Anything you would want to share that you've learned across being with Valleys, Lifetime, Apple, now your own, and you've obviously dealt with hundreds, if not thousands, of people that you were in charge of. What are you? Do you feel yourself? One thing: where do you feel yourself? Are you a? Have you improved in people management? In what? Where? How? What? What's an insight thing for someone that's done so much leading of humans that you could share with people listening? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's keep it as simple as possible, and you hear that a lot, but it it really is, man. Mm-hmm. People want to be treated just good at yeah. the end of the day, and it's be a servant leader. If you're in charge of individuals, if you are leading individuals, whether it's young individuals such as yourself, Kip, or, or if you're leading individuals in the business world, be a servant leader. And what I mean by that is, you know, lead from the front, right? Mm-hmm. Be the servant leader. Don't look at it as you, they work for you or your players um, play for you, right? Mm-hmm. We work for the individuals that we lead. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, somebody told me that a long time ago, and it's always stuck, and I've always kind of uh, kept that top of mind for myself. Any any position I've been in where I've been leading folks is, you know, I I work for those individuals I'm leading. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they can understand how much I care about them, they'll run through a brick wall for me. Yep. I'll try to do everything possible. Yep. All right. So that's kind of been my philosophy that has carried me well over the last, you know, 15, 16, 17, I don't even know how old I am. <laughs> in my profession. Right professional life right give us give us your elevator speech we're perfect running up on about 30 minutes give us your elevator speech for or somebody doesn't have to be just your club obviously if you're there in atlanta that should be your club but orange theory why where what's give us the elevator absolutely so orange theory what it is first and foremost because everybody doesn't know it's a one hour full body workout right so we focus on training endurance strength and power Right, we use heart rate interval training, and what that is is it's been scientifically proven to burn more fat and more calories post workout. Right, so imagine this, Kip, and uh, you get done doing an hour workout, and you're still going to be burning calories. Right, it's insane. Twenty four to thirty six hours. Right. Yeah. So that's what Orange Theory does, and, and we use our heart rate monitor technology. That so you'll wear that throughout your workout. 
where you'll be able to see your results real-time on our large TVs that are all oh, throughout the studio. Yeah. And you can see which heart rate zone you're in and how hard or how hard you aren't working. Uh-huh. The best part of the entire workout is there's a fitness trainer that leads every workout to ensure, ensure that you don't overtrain, you don't undertrain, that you're doing all of your strength training exercises appropriately, correctly, and safely. And um, every single workout, every single day of the year, it's a different workout. You'll never do the same thing, so you get that muscle shock yep. uh, each and every workout. Um, it's amazing. There's, there's, we're upwards now of 850 studios across the country. We're all over the world. Um, there's 30, almost 37 or 38 now in Georgia. Um, my location is in Warner Robins. It's about two hours um, south of where I live. It's about an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Um, it's the first one in middle Georgia. We're off to a great start, but, uh, orange theory, I can honestly say there is no better one hour workout in the country is follows for you. People keeping up with you, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where, where do they find you? Man, you know, I don't know my Twitter handle. <laughs> I'll post it. I'll post it up. Game now. Make sure we get you Dave in our react segment. We'll get you ways to connect with David. Obviously, somebody that's done an amazing job, had a pretty unique journey uh, to where he's at now. And Gunner, thanks for joining us, man. Absolutely, man. It was fun. Cross the Streams podcast. After that, David Gunn, uh, club owner, Orange Theory Fitness. And uh, Kane and I's, like I said in the interview, brother from another mother since freaking 1992, probably in Billings, Montana. <laughs> So, Kane, I know you didn't get a chance to do the interview, but you got the audio files from me, and there's so much to unpack from what David talked about. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, let's let's start off right off the jump with the first matchup between you two in the rec league <laughs> basketball. I was there. I witnessed it, and I believe it was in at Castle Rock Middle School sure when they had was. the little divider running yep. down the middle of the court, and you had the side courts going. And I, sure enough, I remember walking into that gym with with your father, and we sat down <laughs> there in the corner. And you know how dad was back in the day, man. He was ready to coach oh. you up. And you know how I was. I yep. was ready to critique you as much as I possibly can to make myself look oh. good. And uh, so we look across, and we see little David over there warming up. We're like, oh, okay. Well, let's let's see what we got here. And it that was – that was a fun little uh, fun game to watch, man. It was it, it was back and forth. It wasn't so fun from my end <laughs> when Dad decided that I was at a high level and decided to tell everyone in the world about it. <laughs> but yes, that was absolutely. There's no there's no mistake, and that was our first introduction to each other. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that that was fun just to listen to that first. Um, you guys kind of talking about that first meeting because I remember seeing that first meeting and, and um, being witness to a lot of battles between the two of you. And really, as I started to grow into things between the three of us on the basketball court. Yep. Um, but, man, no, it was it was just fun to hear you guys talking back and forth. And, you know, obviously you two guys have, have been major impacts in my life over the course of time. And, and uh, so it's been it's been awesome to see the success you both have had and then be able to see you guys kind of swap stories back and forth, man. It, it was a fun interview to, to be able to listen to. 
And it's really not surprising, having known David for as long as we have, that some of these cross the stream moments for him that I think would give me pause, like all the, you know, the job shiftings and the career changes that he talked about, David's going to hit it head on. You know, the second he makes his mind up that something's going to be how he goes about it, he's all in. And I think that, you know, the, the valleys to Lifetime, Minneapolis, Dallas, Austin, those things would scare the living hell out of Kip. But for, for David, I think that those were all just part of he made the decision. That's the right move. Here we go. Mm-hmm. No, that, that you're you're 100 percent right. You know, having known him forever and, and know his personality and, and that he's a, uh, a never fail type of guy, man, no matter what the challenge is, he's going to take it on face to face and find a way to be successful. And it was just funny to hear that the story of, of him moving in with his girlfriend after <laughs> hanging out the cleats and having, you know, this football career come to an end, moving in with the girlfriend, soon wife to be in their <laughs> public housing. Single, yeah. Single bedroom, public housing, <laughs> zero money, just a bag of clothes. Here I am, honey, help me. And the next thing you know, he's a 22-year-old general manager of a Bally Fitness Center and just on the pathway to a very successful career, man. But that's it's just it's funny how as something that we always talk about is everyone's story is so different, whether mm-hmm. it's how they start or um, you know, the different streams that they had to cross. And in David's case, man, there was a lot of streams that he had to cross. And I love when he said that that there was a couple streams where he wasn't necessarily jumping over. He had to straddle the stream for a while and to make (laughs) sure that he was making the right decision. But once he did make that decision to jump, man, he was all in and and, um, made the most out of every single opportunity. You know what? I was crazy numbers that stuck out to me. You know, I'm an analytics guy that when he kept talking about the sheer number of employees, when you're managing or running a fitness club, whether it was Valley's Lifetime or now Orange Theory, like, you know, I'd stay up at night worried about my 20 players and my three staff in a basketball football programs bigger as well. But he, you know, he like you mentioned at Bally's, he's got 150 to start and he's at 300 per per club at lifetime, you know, and just the amount of people that he has to lead. I thought that was a, obviously makes him an expert in whatever he talks about when dealing and managing people. No question. No question. And it made me think as the interview continued to, to progress and and exactly like you said, as far as the comparison of what he was doing and in the managing of, of that many people. And then I look at, being a head coach and you know my aspiration is to one day be a head coach like yourself but of a, of a major football program in the amount of people uh, that you have to deal with on a daily basis and the amount of people that you actually are on in charge of and responsible mm-hmm. for their livelihoods is huge and yep. that's a big responsibility man and and to be able to handle that plus uh, the responsibility of your own family that's uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot it's a lot on your plate. But when you make that decision, you make that choice, that that's what you want, you go all in and you jump that stream and, and you there's ways to learn as you go and, and um, mistakes that you're going to make. But as long as you learn from mistakes, mistakes and, and keep moving, pressing forward, man, you've got a chance to be successful in whatever it may be. And I, I loved how he kept talking about as long as it's, it's the passion that you're choosing to follow. And, mm-hmm. and he kept referring to the health and fitness uh, business or the health and fitness uh, career is kind of his passion that he found and that's what ultimately kept drawing him back to it 
Once again, Kane and I de- debriefing our react segment to our, our interview here previously on the podcast with David Gunn Club, Orange Theory Fitness and around the area of Atlanta, Georgia. You can find him on Twitter at dgunner5. Um, I thought a big quote that came up in there was when I asked him, what did he take in a way in terms of task completion versus people management? And he talked about it's all servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talked about, you know, not leading from the top and barking out orders, uh, but instead being a servant to the needs of the people that you need to get stuff done for you. Uh, and I think as coaches, it's very easy for us to adopt the old model. Not that I, I think either of us do this, but it'd be easy for younger coaches, uh, inexperienced coaches say, hey, you know what? I remember so cussing me out and what he said goes in this. The other assistants, you know, we just we jumped when they said when they said jump, we said how high. And I think David really embraced and maybe that was through his Apple time when he talked about them uh, with feedback. Uh, that's a whole other thing we can jump into. But I really like the servant leadership because it's something I think Kofense they mentioned, uh, Oregon State receivers coach at, was at uh, Hawaii at the time when we interviewed him. And we've heard it from some other people, that leadership, uh, giving of yourself to people beneath you. Yeah, uh, that was something that I underlined as well and, or highlighted was, again, servant leadership coming up in, in a very successful uh, business owner or general manager like David has been and the lessons that he took from working with Apple, the whole, Hey, it, it, yes, you, you need feedback. They need constant feedback, but it's the type of feedback. It's, mm-hmm. it's how you say things, not always, uh, you know, it's not always what you say, but how you say it. And I recently, mm-hmm. we had a presenter, um, that was talking about leadership and growing leadership. And, and one of the analogies that he talked about was this velvet brick, red velvet brick, where on the outside, you know, you've got the soft red velvet, and on the inside, you got the hard brick, or you could flip it and go the other way. But either way, it, it, it kind of was an analogy of sometimes you've got to be this, this soft, um, have some empathy, mm-hmm. uh, have some understanding about you. Sometimes you got to be a little bit harder with your critique and your feedback, but it just kind of depends on, on who you're talking to and the relationships that you've built. And that's ultimately what it's about is building those relationships mm-hmm. and not just assuming because you are the boss or the coach or the teacher or whatever uh, role you're in that people are going to follow because of your role or your title. They're going to follow you because of the person you are. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a, that's a great the, the analogy. You know me, I love analogies. So velvet brick, something you can handle on the catch, but it's going to stick with you because I love it. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting was just this might fit into our previous podcast segment things they should have taught us in school when <laughs> David talked about opening your own business obviously his is in the fitness industry and there's construction projects there's equipment there's salary but dealing with banks in the loan pro a business loan versus a personal loan and following up I thought it was amazing how you mentioned that Orange Theory Fitness offered him support like human beings that could help him be the experts in dealing with bank loan officers in dealing with construction contractors you know that's something like we mentioned Bob our guy yep. Bob from yep. the last time I, I feel like David with that company you obviously have a good relationship when they're sending you Bob's like hey First National is trying to get me to pay 90,000 more up front who in the hell fights this with me? And Orange mm-hmm. Theory sends in Bob. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right, man. It, it just there are so many things that came up over the course of the interview, and I'm going, man. How would you even know how to do that? How would you even know, like, like uh, when you were talking about how he was being recruited uh, by some of these other companies because of you know the job, yeah. that, the reputation that he had obviously built with mm -hmm. um, the other um, places that he was running. Uh, fitness centers that he was in charge of and all of a sudden just via the relationships that he's building whether it's clientele whether it's his employees next thing you know there he's got other companies recruiting him and it's like man how did how does this all work like mm -hmm. just it's just amazing listening to some of these stories and realizing man there's so much in this world i don't know and i wish <laughs> I, and I wish i had just an inkling of knowledge on how to do something like that um, yeah. which brings me to my next thing that I thought was awesome was kind of the advice. I love the question as far as what advice would you give your 25 year old self, your 30 year old self. And one thing that he brought up was just that financial advisor and, and starting to invest in yourself and, and paying yourself essentially, um, mm -hmm. as a youngster, when you first started getting paid and when you first started getting a salary and, and you know, it, it makes you look back and, and reflect a little bit on your own life going, man, Yes, mm -hmm. that is great advice. I wish I would uh, I would have taken upon myself to take up. I met with some financial advisors when I was young, and more of it was just me being, eh, it sounds cool. I'll go do it. I'll meet mm -hmm. with her, but never actually followed through and right. never really started the investments that I probably should have. And looking mm -hmm. back on it now, man, that is something I would just, I would grab myself and just drag myself into that financial advisor meeting and force myself to pay myself a percentage of every paycheck. And if you do that over the course of time and you're disciplined in it, it's that whole slight edge where over time, you may not see the results right away, but over time, say 35 to 40, 45 years old, you're now looking at a pretty damn good investment over the mm -hmm. course of time. And uh, I love that advice, man. Anyone else that's listening out there that's just fresh into the into the business world or whatever world, and you're starting to get your first paychecks, take advantage of that advice. You mean don't go spend it at the casino? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, not just the casino. I'm talking. You just think back to some of the, and this could be another one of our many many segments. Things yeah. that you spent money on that you look back on and wish you could just take back and go, no, give me that money back. Let me invest that money because that was such a waste of money and time. What was I doing? Could David Gunn fly back now, mm -hmm. go to Kip and Kane, so I'd be 25, you'd be 22, 23, and say, hey, guys, you know what's not going to be worth it? Buying DVDs of movies because <laughs> that technology is going to vanish. It's going to be and you're going to be stuck with it in your garage. Yeah, you've got a now a which is a great point because having <laughs> moved recently, I've got a box full of DVDs that are just sitting collecting dust in my garage. My wife wanted me to throw them out, and I'm like, no, these are going right. to come in handy. When when are they going to come in handy? At what I point know. are they going to come in handy? The only DVDs that will ever come in handy are the old Skyview basketball games That's that I've somehow burned from yep. VHS onto a DVD that I will be able to break out at some point yep. and show my future kids how I used to do it.
just be awesome. Hey, was there a part of that when he was discussing, I thought about you when he was discussing the end of his football career, you know, yep. obviously uh, Northern Iowa, you know, honorable mention, all American size wise, didn't fit the NFL measurables. So bounced around Canada, bounced around the arena. So him, like he, I think he played it out longer than you might've, but was, did you, did you, that resonate with you when he had to finally make the decision? You know what? This ain't worth it anymore. I love the game, but I got to go start making some money. That's it was right along the same lines as my decision as well. Um, I didn't continue to pursue after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation didn't work mm -hmm. out. There was other opportunities too similar to him, potentially Canada, potentially NFL Europe was still going at that time. Arena leagues were were uh, discussing with my agent as far as potential contract situations there, and I called it quits before any of that even got to that point where I was similar to what he was doing, bouncing back and forth from Canada back to, to the Arena League, to NFL Europe. I made the des decision right off the jump um, after I got back and started going, getting into my student teaching to finish my degree that I wanted to just end it or how I, how I ended it and start right away into my coaching. I, I just recently got back into uh, the student assistant role, loved what I was doing as a coach and saw myself doing that for a long time and figured, you know what, let's let's put my eggs into this basket and see where it takes me. And, and fortunately, it, it got me into a full-time position at a very young age. And I, and I think that ability for both of you to cross that stream when you did sooner rather than later and not to discourage anybody out there listening to that might have some game left in them, <laughs> uh, that probably making that decision at a young age is a hard one to, to hang them up is hard, uh, especially when you still have people that want you to play. Uh, but it probably made later decisions for him jumping from valleys to lifetime from lifetime to Apple probably allowed him to already have that process made, you know, that he could fall back on. Like, like, like he mentioned, like it was awesome to hear him say, I still write out a list of pros and cons. Yeah. This yep. is the guy that's dealing in million dollar business situations now. And he's still writing the pros and cons list, which was awesome to hear. Yep. Yep. I think that is. A, uh, ultimately, when it's all said and done, man, you have to be happy with what your decisions, with your choices in life. And any major decisions, man, you better have a, have a way in which you figure it out. Uh, whether it's a team of people that you have that you can call on or it's a, a, a just a simple strategy that you use. But figure out the way that in which you make those big decisions, the people that you need to include in those big decisions. And um, once you make it, go for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, follow up. Anything else from David Gunn, Orange Theory Fitness, about to be his own club owner. Uh, decades experience in Bally's in the, in the fitness industry, lifetime fitness, worked for Apple, um, got a ton of customer service. Um background and orientation working for Apple and taking with him going to be his own club owner. Anything else from you, Kane, in the interview before we jump to the next segment? No, man, I, I just, to be honest, I, I want to be able to just sit David down and pick his brain some more. About now, don't say that too things. loud because now yeah, he, yeah, he's right. going to be unbearable now. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and, be... and I'm talking about just strictly business. Though. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> basketball knowledge uh, you know, who's the best out of this or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about strictly things that he needs to know on a business uh, business related yes. area. But I, I would also like to, I need to get into some Orange Theory, man. That oh, stuff sounds Didn't amazing. that sound phenomenal? I, Water I rolling myself, machines. Yeah, wow. man. I want to find myself in an Orange Theory club soon, whether it's uh, maybe it's when I we go down to Atlanta for our first game next year. 
maybe I'm, I'm hitting up his club and, and getting that hour workout in and, and burning all right. sorts of calories, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about just listening to what that Orange Theory workout was all yeah, about. And if you haven't heard the very, the last probably the last five, six minutes of our interview with David at the beginning of this episode, he talks in depth about, gave us his elevator pitch for an Orange Theory fitness experience in the workout, heart rate monitors, competition with your output, versus, like Kane and I versus each other. That's real time on screens in front of you, actual water rowing machines, um, a great insight into what makes that place the, the number one fit, fitness workout that it is now and just here in 880 calories that lets me eat nancy's burgers that day without <laughs> feeling guilty <laughs> oh and by the way sidebar his latest on with basketball arguments is tony parker versus manu ginobili should either be in the hall of fame and we could get him back on here maybe we bring him and Eggert on just give them the Ooh. mics we we put the headphones down and let them have ridiculous arguments no that i Yes, we need to have a, a gunner's a gunner segment where he just goes on and, and on a rant of some sort, and we can either contradict it or agree with it. However, it works. David Gunn, Orange Theory Fitness, Kip and Kane reacts. We'll be right back. All right, Cross the Streams podcast. Once again, and Kane alluded to this last episode, we are awesome at coming up with new segments and naming them and titling them and then never coming back to them to do segment number two. So here's another one of those uh, places or things you got to experience in life that you didn't think of growing up. So this is not like, oh, I want to go to Tahiti in my vacation spot. No, this is not like I got to see Mount Rushmore. No, everybody has that. Those are all like locales and touristy places. I'm not talking about touristy places. And I thought of this and I was I texted Kane. I was in the middle of the previews for Black Panther, sidebar Avengers, Infinity War. Next Friday, you got to be there. No matter what you're doing, you got to be there. Um, but I was in the middle of that and I texted Kane like, you know where I wish I could be one time? Just sit down once and see what the hell's going on in the booth where the movie gets filmed out of, you know, where it's the, the, the film house or whatever they call it, where the projector is. I want to be in there. I want to see what the hell's going on up there in between the 20 to the previews to the movie. I want to see what that's like. That's something I got to see before I die. So I texted Kane. This is a segment we got to do. I've got a bunch, um, but it, it's something that we, we wanted to do. It was a quick segment. We could fill in on this one uh, and get some conversation started. So Kane, you got one off the top? Yeah, man, I I want to just sit in in a recording studio as oh. an artist records an album. So good. I want to just be a fly on the wall, or really just be a, a someone that just gets a chance to listen and watch and just see how that just works. How the artist and the producer and everybody that's involved in making an album. How mm -hmm. just to see how they operate and to see the creative minds just throwing in ideas, see the guy on, on the little whatever the hell the um the soundboard the, control, the soundboard, yeah. all yep. the little knobs and buttons that that dude can push, and just to see how he does that, it, it has always been intriguing to me. And I want to just sit there and watch an artist record an album and just watch creativity in the making. That's so good. And two things that really drove drive that home for me, the Defiant Ones, the show mm -hmm. on HBO with Dr. Dr. Dre and Jimmy, where they Dr. Dre talks about his ability in that studio. That makes me want to go in there and just watch his creative process. And then think back this old school. Remember the Boys to Men Mariah Carey video? Yeah. One yeah. sweet day. Like I'd like to be in there 
just yes. on the couch with Mariah, like Sean for Boys to Men was just chilling. And mm-hmm. apparently they're singing songs and relaxing. And I'm sure other stuff we won't talk about on the air are happening in terms of what they're consuming and smoking in those studios. Mm-hmm. But I, I totally agree with you. I got one. I put down in the assembly line in Detroit when they're putting together a truck. Mm. Yep. Just give me a, you know, give me my protective equipment, my red suit, my hard hat, my goggles, and somebody that knows what the hell they're talking about. Say, hey, come here. We're going to start here at the frame, and I want you to watch metal be shaped, molded, painted, mm-hmm. and wrapped around this power engine and then kicked out down the street for you to buy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, having having been somebody that worked at Montana Bearings <laughs> <laughs> and put together conveyor belts in an assembly line production, that I don't need to see. That, that was, oh boy, that was a whole nother podcast. But I do want to see what it looks like now. And I'm sure it's so much different than when it was a lot of humans on the assembly line. But I even want to see the robots. I'm sure there's robot arms that are drilling in screws in places you can't imagine on a car that if you don't have that done, you're not going down the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. My next one, the production booth of a live NBA or NFL game. Oh, so like TV the truck game. and the behind like the, the arena? Oh, yes. The production okay. booth of a of a TV aired live event, whether it's a football game, a basketball game. I want to be in the production booth. And again, it's it comes down to that just the I get amped up thinking about just the creativity and the minds and, and just kind of the guys that are going, all right, go to camera three, go to camera yeah. four. Now I want a shot of Belichick. I want a shot of this. Go now. Now I want to see that. I want to be a part of that. I want I wondered, I think that's a great one. I wonder who, like, where's the school that teaches you that rotation of cameras, right? Mm-hmm. Do you just get that? Like you start off as the cameraman and then you just slowly work your way into the truck, which kind of seems ridiculous. Like, you would think the ideal job in that department is in the game, mm-hmm. but really it's outside of the stadium completely in yeah. the truck. That's yeah. where you want to be. Completely removed from everything. And you're just there just going, yeah, all right. No, I want a shot of, I want the fans right now. Give me a shot of the fans. Right. Okay. Take that away. Now go to the sidelines. Good. Now give me the instant replay. Got it. I mean, it's just, there's so much to it. Yes. Honestly, it would be an amazing, probably high stress, but like kind of like a game itself. Like, exactly. Man, first quarter, I was slow. Boy, we could have had that replay from the high camera. I'm gonna exactly. be better. I'm gonna be better. Yeah. Uh, my next one was into that. I was at breakfast the other day, um, and not like some top fifty chefs, you know, Iron Chef America place, but some place that has a lot of traffic in Salem. So think your mom and pop diner, wherever you're from, that mm-hmm. gets people waiting out the line for the pancakes and the bacon, whatever it may be. I want to be in back there with the cooks <laughs> because I don't understand how it gets done. Like, it's crazy. Like this waitress, whether it's, you know, she's memorizing it or she's writing it down on paper and they just sometimes they put it up on there and they just slam it down, order up. But how do they know? How do they time this thing? <laughs> like you, me and Carrie and Kelly, we go to breakfast. How does Jimmy in the back time out our meals? Yeah, no, that is a great one, man. Because just think of the, all the meals that you've cooked in your life or, or haven't cooked, depending right. upon who you are out there. And think of how hard it is to just, when you cook your own breakfast, to keep the eggs warm <laughs> and the toast 
and to get the toast to pop at the same time and, and take the eggs off the pan or, or however you're cooking your eggs and get the bacon and or the sausage or whatever protein that you're getting to all be heated in the right temperature at the right time for yourself, let alone cooking for a number of people all at the same time. And then getting all these different orders coming at you. It's crazy to me. It's nuts. And, it, and you gotta do all that by trying to be clean and safe, we assume. Like you're trying not <laughs> exactly. to be disgusting guy. Exactly. Oh exactly. man. Oh man. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I like that one. Um Okay, let me think here. What about this one? Here's one for you. Yep. I want to be in the, what's it called? Um, it's not the cockpit. So, I mean, sure, airplane cockpit, get it. Not a terrible one. But yeah. I'm thinking like a battleship, an aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. What is it called? The the, the control room. I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody's like, what are these? You guys watched a movie before in your life? <laughs> Whatever that's called. I want to be up there as they're driving. Like, who drives the aircraft carrier, man? <laughs> like somebody's driving yeah. how how do yeah. they do that how yeah. do they see i want to be in there like all those buttons and gadgets you only see in the movies i want to actually be there on a trip mm-hmm. like i want to sit right here i won't touch a thing i won't say anything i want to know mm-hmm. what you do what you do what you do and how do we go straight <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um god yeah i'm, I'm stuck now it's all right yeah. we can edit it out yeah, hang on. I got, I got another one here. Oh, I got one. Okay. Okay. I want to be in the backstage of a Broadway production. Oh, like through I costume be, changes? Yes. I want to be back there. I want to be back there of a Broadway production. And the other place similar to that is underneath the stage at a concert. Oh, I got you. All, you know what I mean? Whether you, yep. whether it's underneath the stage or also backstage, whatever. I want to be involved in in and see all the different shifts and in costume changes that they have to make and the stage changes and all that stuff. Man, that yeah. is a whirlwind of stuff. Do you going think on. the person on that same? Do you think the person that puts on the producer of um, Hamilton, right? Do you yeah. think he listens to like NBA or NFL coaches like the stress of game day and he just laughs his ass off? <laughs> like, you know, the, the meme, like, hold my beer. You want to yeah. see something? Get that guy changed 17 times in a minute and a half. <laughs> and then he's going right back up and times that by a cast of 200. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, it, there's so many jobs out there because it, it, because this segment kind of leads me to those type of where you could talk about the type of jobs yeah. that get underappreciated. Um, and there's so many of those that people just don't quite understand the stress level of those mm-hmm. jobs. But um, I want to I want to witness the backstage of a Broadway musical and just see the chaos or maybe it's lack thereof. I don't know. I've never been back there. I can, <laughs> and I, but I'd like to see. I'd like to see what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Places to be. Kip and Kane, not a destination talk. Real life. Show me how in the hell this is happening for me at the other end. Cross the streams. Side break.